Richie. Hi, Sin. Hi, Michaela. Hello. Michaela's back. Woo! Yay! Yay! So today I'd like us to play a game. Mm-hmm. I'd like you both to close your eyes. Okay. 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 Now imagine the sound of the ocean. The problem is that this always precedes something <laughs> I didn't want to happen happening. So now whenever you say, close your eyes and imagine a relaxing ocean, I become incredibly tense. <laughs> imagine that you're drinking Japanese slippers by the ocean. And uh, it's a beautiful sunset. And uh, okay, your eyes are still closed. So our eyes are closed. We're imagining our eyes are closed while we watch a sunset. Yes. <laughs> you feel the sunset on your face. Yes. You are the sunset. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Okay. Wait, wait. I know what happened. <laughs> Good. Sunset. Beautiful. Yeah. And then you hear someone else's voice, but keep your eyes closed. Hi, everyone. Oh my god, it's Kyan. Hello! <laughs> In a topic I'm totally over my head about, but, you know. <laughs> I like how this podcast has become a roguelike. <laughs> just... I, I kind of enjoy it. I'm here for the ride. I have campaign, so okay. we're good. <laughs> good, good. Hi, Kyan. Hey. hey. It was a nice procedurally generated podcast yeah. right now. Yeah. Kyan took a little bit longer to get in because I accidentally sent him the Google Doc instead of the Zencaster link. Mm -hmm. I tried to pretend that you sent that to me intentionally <laughs> so you could escape saving face, but like, no, you just completely admitted it. No, no, yeah. <laughs> Hi, Kyan, welcome! Hi, thanks for having me again. Yeah, Kyan, meet Michaela. Michaela, Kyan. Nice to meet you. Hi, Kyan, so nice to meet you. As you may know, Michaela is a Soulborn creator, as well as a cosplayer. And Kyan is the bro who made I Wanna Be The Guy. I can't believe you called me a bro. <laughs> bro. <laughs> bro. Today we're going to talk about the Queens of Bloodborne, and specifically, mm. questions- Don't interrupt me, Richie! Okay. <laughs> and specifically questions that were asked on Discord. Okay, now you may go, Richie. Woo! <laughs> Excellent. Alright. So, everybody, does everyone have the angelic outline? I do. Yes. I feel it's warm rays of light. You would have added that in post. <laughs> no, you have to experience it. <laughs> yeah. Sinclair's becoming a live podcast DJ. Yes, it's like a radio show. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, somebody, where's the Patreon level to get you a soundboard? We already have one. It's right here on Zencaster. Zencaster's got a built-in soundboard, unfortunately. Oh, that's too much. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> oh, Kyan, you haven't heard this one yet. Whoa. 
<laughs> you haven't heard that one either. No, this is my first time. No one should hear it. Paul <laughs> <laughs> well, Swarthout's made that. He was I'm like, sorry. I got a surprise for you. I'm sorry. It's art, Richard. You wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. Not like you have a PhD in anything. <laughs> so, you know how Bell Bruitus was on the other podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Yeah, and so uh, I was telling her about like everyone who was on, and I was like, oh yeah, Richie, he has a PhD in sociology. And she's like, what's that? Is he really social? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so as for the outline, first, we have some questions about Queen Yarnum. Yay. Yay. Richie, since you now have a new computer, would you mm-hmm. like to read the question? De Peas and Corn asks, Queen Yarnum, Erden is supposed to be the father, assuming she's at Murgo's loft for a reason. If Erden isn't the father, is it the moon presence based on the hunter's emblem being everywhere in the tombs of Tumaru? Thank you, Richie. I feel like it's definitely Erden because... Yeah. The the moon presence inhabits the the realm of like the hunter's dream, and right. it's my theory that the the gods kind of create these realms based on humans' wishes, and then they inhabit them, empower them. So it's very much like your your great one is in another castle. So I I do right. believe it's Odin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And with like a lot of stuff in like Soulsborne games, it's like due to the way they're made and how things are very like you know mishmashed together at the last moment. When things mostly make sense, but then there's like one thing that seems to not make a lot of sense, it's kind of like you kind of just have to go with the way that makes the most sense, just kind of ignore the weird little details like that. Not ignore them, but like, you know, you can't let them throw a wrench in anything or else nothing will ever make sense. So what you're saying is Ludwig did kill Maria. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You you can't let those pesky little details stop you. (laughs) Thank you. I think, like, like, how did he fit in the door? (laughs) Like, that door is small and he's very large. Is it like, did he go up the stairs of the research call going and like get up there somehow? (laughs) I think, like, um, when the game came out, a lot of people assumed it was Erden because Mogo seemed to be invisible. Because the the stroller that you find there is completely empty. So people, like, oh, Mogo is formless, like the formless Erden. But then also, like, you see Erden's kid in-game, and it's a slug. We do see Mogo's form is the thing, because he's the, he's the Yarnum stone that you get from the, from the boss fight. True. Yeah. So Mogo did have form, and, like, the queen, she's visibly pregnant. So, like, and she stays pregnant. It's not like Ariana, where she just gives birth, so. The queen is visibly pregnant? In the in the oh, boss that? fight, yeah. Oh my god! We've been yeah, spending a month of... just talking I about this. Queen and Elise for a second. Okay, okay. okay. I had a little. <laughs> Jesus, Richie loves Richie loves to just get the opportunity to be like, "We're talking about this for two years." It's actually been five years. <laughs> Richie is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Did the girl from the Grudge just show up to insult Richie? <laughs> Isn't Sadako the ring? When Richard does not bully me for Soulborn, he bullies me for mistakenly misnaming a movie. Thanks, Richie. <laughs> Pretty unfair. <laughs> so, 
moving on. Thank you, everyone. Okay. Richie, since your laptop is no longer broken. Yay. Well, I mean, it, no, it's it It was so broken it had to be replaced. Right, right. right. Okay. Aside from the purely symbolic slash thematic... What? Ask the question. Princess Capitilla asks... <laughs> Aside from the purely symbolic slash thematic reasons, why is Queen Yarnum wearing a wedding dress? I think it says somewhere we're supposed to assume that this is regular formal wear for Thumerian monarchs, and it's weird to me that we're supposed to treat that as a natural part of the world. It's memorable and striking to be sure, but it's now got me wondering how weddings look slash play out in the world of Bloodborne. I think that it really is like it starts and end at symbolic and thematic reasons. Yeah. It's to symbolize the, the, the quote sacred union between the great ones and the Thumerian Queens. Yeah. Cause the queen's chosen for her ability to bear the child. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this would be normal wear. like it just, it's impractical. Also, I just realized like this, this kind of happens again in Sekiro. Because who has, like, gotten to the end of Sekiro? I have not yet, but it is okay, because what okay. I always do is kind of look up the bosses ahead of time and everything, yeah. just to make sure that I hit all the bases. Yeah, so there's the the corrupt monk, who people will, I guess, remember, because she was a big part of the marketing, the, like, very large woman in the mask with the spear. Mm-hmm. They make a big deal out of how she symbolically marries a dragon. So she got, she has this like symbolic wedding that takes place in this sacred like temple site, and then she's sort of like she's not literally actually married to the dragon, but she like forms this bond with it. Oh, so they exchange promise rings. Pretty much, <laughs> and they talk about it like like there's like a whole wedding procession and everything that goes on, but like she's then just sort of spirited away to another world. It's not like a full. You know what I mean? Like, she just symbolically marries this dragon, and then she kind of ascends upward, and that's how she, quote-unquote, marries it. But I think it's a similar thing to that, where, like, when you're the queen, you symbolically met. Like, there must be some symbolic wedding ceremony that takes place. Yeah, and, like, Ariana gets pregnant and has a kid in, like, one night. So, Mm -hmm. that could happen. Oh, she puts on the dress for the symbolic ceremony, kid just pops out of her, that's it. And it only represents that one moment in time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are there any other thoughts on this specific question? Oh, I think I covered all my thoughts, at least. Okay. Kyan, do you have any more thoughts on this question? Uh, just a general thoughts in general of just, like, when it comes to examining Soulsborne lore, like, gotta be really careful about getting hung up on just something that's just a singular data point. Like, oh, we see a tsunami number, how do we pronounce that? And she's wearing a wedding dress. Is that normal? It's like, you you really can't say because you only have one little piece. So. Yeah, and that's why I think it it just really goes down to the, the, um, the symbolism of it. Yeah, sometimes it's just way easier, just like the, the simplest interpretation. And then when you look at the simplest interpretation, it's like, oh, okay, there's other things that support that. It's just generally better to start there before kind of like drifting out. Yeah, I mean, with Soulsborne, you you get like Lost Child of Antiquity, and then you get Snake Ball. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Thank you. 
All right, so let's move on to the next question. Zakano asks, what exactly makes the corrupt bloodline corrupt? Is it just the innate preference for Great Ones, specifically Erden via Ariana, seem to have for it, and potentially making the Healing Church jealous for this specific place having a greater affinity with the Great Ones? Is it meant to relate to Annalise's undying quality? You can see the echo of an idea between getting a piece of Annalise's corpse and Yarnum's corpse, even if a part of Ari and even a part of Ariana brackets her shoes, but it all seems to be like the Kanehurst story as a whole, a vestige of an older version of Bloodborne's story. Another idea, uh, which he says is silly and out there, was Yarnum, and by extension older Thumerian queens, meant to be related to King Alant or the old Boletarian monarchy? Just an out there question with no real firm answer, because I just like seeing where Bloodborne used to be Beast Souls, aka Demon Souls 2. So, yeah. So the two questions, just to recap, like, what makes corrupt blood corrupt, and do we think that early on Yarnum was meant to be descended from Boletarian royalty? Yeah, like I, I can help to answer the first one. I think Richie, your your ideas and my ideas are are a tad different um, on that, but I think that they're both equally valid. So, in my opinion, I don't think that the bloodline of the Kanehurst nobility and the Thumerians are corrupt. I just think it's different, and because they had dealings with the Great Ones before, or maybe because they're a slightly different subspecies of humanoid, um, their blood's a little different and reacts differently to receiving the old blood. So for example, when Lawrence or whoever it was that betrayed Bergenworth brought the old blood to Kanehurst, it had a different reaction on people like Annalise and the other quote-unquote vile bloods than it would have on a normal person. So where on a normal person it would give grant them beasthood, on Annalise it would grant her eternal life and possibly superhuman powers, as suggested with um with Alfred. Even the some of the perhaps some of the blood powers too that could have been granted by the old blood as well. And I think that it was called corrupt just because the church was vying for power and vying for control over the old blood. And in order to mislead the people, they're like, no, our church is for healing. We're the good guys. Whereas and they're like, no, those people are corrupt. Destroy them. No, they're evil. When in fact, they're just powerful and they're jealous. Totally jealous. They didn't like that their Instagrams were like totally cooler because they had a cool <laughs> castle in the background. <laughs> She kept taking pictures of blood and posting it, and it was totally jealous. <laughs> the cool DNA everywhere. She has, like, tattoos on the back of her neck, dude. Um, the notion of the bloodline being corrupt is, like, the way that the, the Great Ones can curse bloodlines. Like, it, it's tied up with a lot of stuff about, like, because the words, like, corruption and curse and things are thrown around a lot, and there's, like, four or five different things going on. Mm -hmm. So the corrupt bloodline of Kanehurst is, like, it's not actually that, like, it's like you were saying, it's not actually that corrupt, they're just calling it corrupt because they don't like it, they're saying it's, like, the filthy bloodline or the dirty bloodline. And that's just because, like, like you were saying, the Bergenworth scholar, we presume Lawrence, stuffed some, like, old blood in Annalise and the other Kanehurst people, and because they were descended from the vile bloods, it, like, activated these, like, dormant traits that made them into, like, superhumans like you can see um you mean descended from sumerians yeah so you can like around the um you said descended from the vile bloods when just like five seconds ago okay what well, yeah 
Okay. Yeah, how does that feel, Richie, being corrected every two minutes? How could you confuse the Marians and Valbloods? We've been talking about this game for five years. <laughs> Please continue. Okay. So it's reactivated. I keep forgetting Kyan's here. <laughs> so it's reactivated those those traits, and they're like... That's where, like, around Kanehurst, you find, like, there's corpses that have kin blood on them. Because the, the bodies are starting to change. They're starting to become, like, closer to the cosmos because they're, like, Thumerian traits are reactivating. So the Church have declared that, like, this is heretical. This is, like, it's like this is an experiment that went slightly too far and, like, they used that to get the the kid from Annalise. So they basically just said, like, okay, this is now a no-go zone. Same deal as the fishing hamlet in a lot of ways where, like, They've gone to this hamlet, they've done this terrible thing, and then they've just said, like, okay, it's now a no-go zone. We have, like, we've got Maria guarding it, we've got this assassin whose only job it is to stop people getting there. So that's what they mean by being corrupt. They're saying, like, it's it's corrupt, it's, like, bad on that level. It's also, this is the confusing part, it's also kind of corrupt because from what we can tell, the Thumerians' blood is kind of messed up because they pissed off the Great Ones. Because you, there's that whole deal made about the defiled Thumerian chalice that's like, like all the chalices have a cursed version, and then there's this specific cursed Thumeru version that's like, hey, here's all everything you need to know about curses. It's a mandatory thing you have to go through to get to the end of the game. So they're very, very clear. Like you have to do this thing. It's not a root chalice. And like the way that all fits together, it does look like the Thumerians did piss off the Great Ones. And they actually did get their blood cursed. And that's probably tied into where they write about how the Thumerians named themselves a queen, named themselves a monarch, and like in defiance of the Great One. So like it's corrupt on that level. And then within like Yarnum, you have the Yarnum blood is also corrupted and cursed, which is a combination of the healing church messing around with it and also the curse that Cos put on them. So you have, like, half a dozen different curses floating around, and they're all just called, like, the curse or the corruption, and it's you kind of have to spend a lot of time untangling it to sort of, like, actually make sense of it. But yeah, like, the the bloodline of Kanehurst, going back to the actual question, it's not, like, all the stuff about, like, it's corrupt, it's gonna, like, it, it's dangerous on some level, it's really not, they just don't like them. Mm -hmm. And I think one other part of it is if you think that the old blood made them kind of superhuman, another aspect of the curse is um, when you look at the Chikage description, it says, the sword sings in scarlet hues. However, the right eats away at the wielder's very essence. And we know that as a gameplay mechanic, that refers to your HP. But maybe that refers to something deeper than that as well. And maybe yeah. that's a part of the curse is that maybe the more you use your blood tinge related abilities, the more you lose in terms of maybe the quality of your own yeah. soul, your health, etc. And that yeah. could have been one of the reasons why Maria rejected that. Yeah, because they, they make a point in the game that, like, there's this thing called rapid, there's slow poison and rapid poison. But rapid poison makes about a thousand times more sense if you replace it with the bleed stat from the Souls games, because it functions in the same way. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it literally behaves like bleed does in Souls, and every source of it, except I think one, is tied to blood. So, like, the Chikage is doing rapid poison even though that sort of doesn't, like, it's a katana, it's cutting into you, and if it cuts into you enough, you bleed out. 
but the game is for some reason depicting that as the blood is poisoned and if you get enough of that in you you just suddenly explode in a shower of blood so like the rapid poison is like it's like poisonous blood that does seem to be tied to Kanehurst. but it, you also see it in like the like the um the bloodletting beast is doing like rapid poison as well cuz he's full of those weird maggots and yeah and also the the game makes a point that like your the hp that's being whittled away that's not like a physical representation of how much damage you can take before you like break down it's meant mm-hmm. to be like that's your it's almost like your will to stay like it's like your it's like your vitality in like a not a physical sense it's like this is how like much energy i have this is how much drive i have to keep going and what the blood is doing when you take it in it's not literally like you're not injecting blood into you and then your wounds are like being knitted back together by magic. It's like, it's just keeping you going. It's like taking a shot of something. Yeah, that's a good case for the blood being an addiction too. And taking it satisfies an addiction. Yeah, It's like filling you with this vigor to keep going. So what the, presumably what the Chikage is doing is like, it's like sapping that away from you. It's like, eat, it's like eating into you in like a, like a spiritual sense rather than actually being toxic to hold. Also, Mimi would like to issue a correction. (laughs) Holy fuck, this is so complicated. Okay, so... (laughs) She didn't marry anyone. (laughs) The the wedding site is for them to offer people to Fountainhead as either warriors or servants, but that stopped. And the corrupt monk is guarding it. So, we've now issued a correction. A correction! Kain, are you still alive? I am still alive. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, Kyan. I'm just making sure if I say something, I have something actually useful to say. Aww. I guess, and the second part of Zakano's question is, like, do we think that Yanam was, like, related to the Boletarian monarchy in, uh, like, when it was Demon's Souls 2? Hmm. Yeah, I would not be able to answer that, uh, because Demon's Souls... I can kind of field it, actually. Oh, sweet. oh yeah. Um, early on, like the reason she's in a wedding dress, like we've talked about, like why is she in a wedding dress? The reason, like that model exists in a wedding dress, is because like that just used to be an enemy called the Thumerian Bride, and she wasn't the queen of anything. That's why she's in the wedding dress. It's why like she doesn't really look like a queen. She looks like she's being married. Because that was just like an enemy. It was like a boss you would encounter along with the nobles and stuff, and she wasn't that. That model, like, was not promoted to, like, the important, like, central character until kind of later on. Because it looks like the initial ending of the Chalices would have been, like, the place you met the uh, the old one in Demon Souls, rather than the encounter with the queen. So do you think they had another queen in mind, or...? I don't know if they had a queen in mind at all. It's very, like, odd. Like, it, Lance has a video up where he's got, like, he, he restored, it's called, like, the Boss Rush Dungeon. Where you encounter like it's just like four boss fights in a row, and like the early um one, the early version of Yarnum is there, and she's called Thumerian Bride. There's two different versions of her. The reason that in game there's the version of her who's like not pregnant, and the version that is pregnant is because they were just like two different variants on that boss. In the same way that you have like Thumerian Elder and Thumerian Descendant, that they're, they're like kind of the same but with slightly different movesets. Mm-hmm. Yarnum like is derived from that. There was like Thumerian Bride, like pregnant and non-pregnant versions, and they like the pregnant one was stronger. 
basically. So, like, it looks like... I mean, for all I know, they did have this all planned out and they were going to make a unique queen or something, but it does look like, really, she there was just um boss... Because they, they, the childbirth thing was always there from the beginning. So it looks like early on there were just, like, there was just a recurring pregnant Thumerian woman that you had to fight in the chalices. The more time goes on, the more I'm convinced that they don't have a plan. We'll see, like, like that they just go in and they make yeah. they have like a loose outline. They make content, and then when they realize, because this seems to go with all of their games, and I yeah. think as a uh, a company that makes like if you think about the other games from software used to make, mm. where they were a company you would contract out to to make budget titles really quick. Yeah, I think they're really good at producing stuff, and then on a short time frame just stitching it together yeah and i think that just feeds i think their storytelling feeds into their skills as a developer of just being able to just kind of wing it so oh, yeah, that makes total sense yeah yeah i think well, they're I, kind of like maybe we'll do that and then, i think uh, it, it depends on the project we're talking about because like i think the reason that bloodborne kind of entranced people the way it did is because they had a very specific set of ideas and motifs that they started with and then the game went through a lot of revisions and rewrites but they stuck to that like that never yeah. really changed it was always about like the the creepy gothic city with the church with the blood and the blood was turning people into to beast things but it was also helping them ascend to this like Lovecraftian outer god stuff. That's always been there in like every version. They never really strayed from that, but they did change little individual things like what characters did and who was who and how the chalice dungeons worked and stuff like that. In comparison to like Dark Souls 3, which we came out afterward. And like if you look at what's been dug up on that, that was basically like a and Dark Souls 2 as well where they basically just had to halfway through the project like page one rewrite of everything yeah you can really tell too because with bloodborne it's so tightly wound in terms of narrative and everything just starts and stops just really beautifully like you can Mm. you can play the one game and get a almost a mastery of the knowledge of what's going on whereas in my experience i find dark souls to be much more difficult like i have a much baser knowledge of what goes on in dark souls i mean it doesn't help that i started with dark souls 3 and then i went to dark souls 1 but i feel like dark souls 1 was pretty cohesive and then it then it kind of got lost a little bit um but i think dark souls 3 creates some really interesting expansions on it but at the same time there are so many different item descriptions and so many different things that it's really really hard to bring it into a tight cohesive understanding yeah thank you okay uh do you guys want to move on to the next queen cool okay so now we're going to talk about queen annalise Yay. Yay! Richie, would you kindly? Why, thank you, Sam. <laughs> Princess Balfieris asks, Annalise's mask is presumably to have been put in place by the executioners. Is there a reason for the mask to be put in- Is there a reason for the mask to be in place mentioned in-game? It doesn't seem to prevent her from chowing down on blood drinks. Is it meant to be evocative of the man in the iron mask brackets hiding her identity? Is it just another Miyazaki Berserk reference? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second question is, what is the significance of Ariana's shoes? Is there something thematic I'm missing? With them describing them as innocent when the woman is not to be described that way. So I guess, like, we'll start with the mask. Mm-hmm. 
And I have a comment about the shoes, but yeah, the, the mask yeah. is a little complicated. I think that it really is just to symbolize that the executioners are holding her prisoner. Yeah. So much so that she's not even able to show her face. And yeah, yeah. I definitely, I agree with, with Kyan and saying, yes, man in the iron mask plus berserk. But I think that it yeah. kind of holds into yeah. both right. themes. The design of the mask is clearly referencing Berserk, but the purpose is more invocative of Man in the yeah. Iron Mask. The idea yeah, of robbing yeah. in a noble of identity. Yeah, which I kind think... of is what happens in Berserk, but you know, yeah. more so. Yeah, much, but his little yeah. hook nose on the mask and everything like that is totally like yeah. Because in um, like what we're talking about is in Berserk when Griffith is tortured. Like he he goes into battle wearing this like kind of hawk shaped mask, and then. There's an arc where he is captured and tortured. And while he's tortured, they keep the mask on him. The implication being like his face is all deformed under it after all the torture. So it's he's like this like former like he was is he he's not really a noble, he's like he but he sort of begins ascending to nobility. So he's like this very proud. He is a noble, I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he just he's ascended, a, yeah. just going this, up like, and up yeah. and up and then he crashes down. Yeah, this like this like extremely proud sort of haughty figure who's reduced to like being trapped just with their mask on and nothing else. So I think that's what they're going for in game, yeah. Um, I guess it's also worth pointing out that like there is the version of Annalise that talks like the doll. So I think the early, I think I really think the early idea, like when they first conceived it, was that if you like at the end of it, the mask would come off and she'd have the same face as the doll, and then they sort of like went back on that, so she just keeps the mask on. I don't really, yeah, know that'd be extremely more man in the Iron Mask. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it shows kind of the contrast of the innocence. I think with Annalise being headstrong the way she is, and she's very well aware of her status and position in life, I think it's harder for the the player with whatever prejudices and preconceived notions that they have to see her as an innocent party. But I think mm. that that's why it's so interesting, because I see her, I see the executioners, and I'm like, oh, she's definitely innocent. However, she's so powerful that... And they feared her so much that they had to imprison her so much that not only did they hide her her throne room, but they also imprisoned her in a mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the art book, they actually have her without the mask as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It might also like limit her abilities on some level. We don't. Right. Really it might yeah. prevent vor. <laughs> I was gonna say that. Not in those exact words, but like I had to get, I, I had to get there <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah, though. Like, yeah. I had to make my one board joke. Yeah, because if she if she is drinking blood, then like tying that round her face would mean she couldn't properly take it in. But like as they say, like it's not stopping her from showering down on blood dregs. But we don't really know how she takes blood dregs in. Oh heck yeah, yeah. Kind of got to dri- 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 drizzle it through like a sippy cup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can also see like it. It's um. It definitely prevents her from seeing you, because it's it's like it's the it's True. the same helmet the knights wear. But like when she when you come in, she's like, I don't know who you are, but I can smell you. And around the mask, there's this like it's quite a like ornate blindfold that's tied around it, just preventing her from being able to see anything. So it's like keeping her locked in this like state where she can't see anything around her. She's just trapped in the throne room. Okay, thank you. Uh, is there anything else anybody would like to add about uh, these questions? I'm good on those. Okay, Richie, would you mind reading the next one? Marshy of the Blobs asks, so apparently Annalise used to have the same VA as the doll. Is there any in-game lore to link the two? That's um, 
a really like convoluted question, I guess, because yeah, um, I think the simple yeah. answer is just yes. Yeah. <laughs> Because, like, the doll went through, like, four or five different people that she was. And, like, in-game now, like, this- we knew about this, like, before the DLC and before Maria. You could very easily link the doll to Kanehurst before that. Before we knew anything about her. Because she has, like, her attire is, like, clearly based on the Kanehurst attire. She's got the same brooch as the Kanehurst, like, people wear. She does the same thing where, like, she she kneels and, like, the little sort of aura appears in the same way that, like, you kneel before Annalise. And, like, like they were all connected. And, like, she looks Thumerian. She's got, she's very pale. She's very tall. She's got, like, the very silver hair. So you could always tell that, like, she was somehow linked to Kanehurst. Not necessarily Annalise, but, yeah. And, yeah, like, we kind of covered the VA thing before. Is like, early on, Annal like, I don't know if she was called Annalise. I think she's just called the Vileblood Queen. But, like, the first sort of draft of that character is the doll's voice. And it's a different... It's pretty much the same character, the difference being that she, instead of you giving her blood dregs to, like, let her conceive, you seem to be, like, thinning her blood out. You're, like, giving her, like, normal blood, and that's making her less and less vampiric, and then at the end she would die. Yeah, I feel that that's way more tragic. Yeah, yeah. She's much more, like, a. she's less haughty, she's more sort of defeated, and she's just, you have to kind of convince her to let you help her. Instead of her saying, like, Neil, she, you have to kind of keep talking to her until she agrees. And she ref she will initially refuse to let you join, because she says, like, I don't want to, to trap anyone else in this. Yeah, she. I feel it. When I saw Lance's, I think it was Lance. I, I'm not sure if it was Senator's K or Lance. But when I saw the video, I really thought about, like, just the whole notion of innocence there. Yeah, and it yeah. was super obvious when her voice actress was the doll, and not so obvious with Annalise, which I think makes her infinitely more interesting. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's you just feel terribly for her when you know that when with that um those small changes to the character and the fact that you're kind of helping her to be normal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Rich, could you read the next question? Beautiful bear in a tutu. Joke question. Out of all the versions of Annalise, which do you think is the most fun to cosplay as? Michaela, you're the cosplayer. I don't know. Like, I'm I'm thinking. So as of like all out of all the versions, because all I can think of is just that one iteration of her with the mask on. You could kind of remove the mask. Mask seems like a really cool prop. Oh yeah. Like, honestly, that's something I would love to do, but it would be so uncomfortable and complicated because uh, yeah. just sweat and wow. <laughs> but it would be really, really cool for a photo shoot to be to be full if you were to, like, actually physically do it. Like, it'd be you, you can get into, like, a really creepy looking place and just scare the daylights out of all the neighborhood children. Okay, sorry, sorry, this just came up. Um. M Mimi is currently free. Do you want to add her to the call to explain the marriage in Sekiro? <laughs> okay. Everyone, close your eyes. I'd like you to pretend that you're on the beach. The waves are hitting your feet. Imagine the sun is just going to get her glasses and she'll be like a couple of seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Is 
in the meantime, we can finish answering this question. <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so here's beautiful Baron Atutu's real question, which is, do any of you have any thought on if the crown, what the Crown of Illusions does as it exists in current law? Obviously, at one point, Ligarius was actually the king of Canehurst, but given he isn't in the current law, I think there's a big fuzziness surrounding the circumstances of where he learned the ability of the crown and decided to use it. He's got in brackets, I presume he killed the king and got the crown when he invaded with the executioners. One could easily assume he could have pulled an Alfred and just beat Annalise to a pulp without having to sacrifice himself, and he certainly had the means to do so. Hello? Oh my god, who's there with us? <laughs> Mimi, thank you for joining us at short notice. Richie posed me a second question, and I literally, I swear to god, my brain went feral. It just went... <laughs> Are we talking... Are you asking me about Sekiro lore? Because I can stay up for at least another six hours. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. You don't have to stay up for six hours. It's okay. It's okay. The wedding cake, yeah. Okay. You know, in the end of Mibu Village, there's the, like, marriage cave? Who was marrying who, and was it symbolic? I'm going to answer it joking- jokingly first, okay? Jokingly, the monk married all of the Okami women. They are all lesbians, and no one can change my mind. All right, I like this. See, when you said that to me the first time, I approve I, of this I theory. Like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. This is good lore. Like, you got to understand, this is borderline official. Like, the Fountainhead women are all moms. They're just all all of them will adopt you, and like they'll you'll all pack into the minivan and they'll take you to McDonald's. Like, they're great. <laughs> Sometimes a family can just be ten moms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least, at least fifty moms. Um. So okay, but uh, literally, um. So there's a timeline of events that I'd like to talk about with Fountainhead. Okay. Because that's the best way to explain this marriage shit. Okay. okay. So, um, the old gods used to live on Fountainhead, right? So Fountainhead used to be this place where all of the old gods used to live, like snakes. Those are considered old gods, right? Until the divine dragon, like, showed up, like, big dick swing and like, hey, here to take over your, <laughs> you know, here to take over your worship, sorry, like, your entire congregation and, and totally, like, make everyone worship me. Also, maybe I grant immortality. Who's in? Like, okay, old gods get kicked out of fountainhead and they're basically relegated to like basically exile okay marriage used to base used to be offerings okay so you used to be able to get to fountainhead very easily there is a staircase to fountainhead at one point it existed where it started is uh i'd like to figure that out myself but um basically you would be able to get between like fountainhead used to be a city essentially like, it used to just have its own thing going on. But then um, the nobles got a little greedy, and they were like, hmm, don't really think I want to share all this youth and immortality and also fuck the, vi- fuck the divine dragon. Um, we'll take offerings, though. They'll still be married off, we promise. Um, the wedding was basically either for warrior women or it was for servants in the case of the carp attendant. Eh, the carp attendant and the... Um, uh, the two women, 
who live who live there who uh, are the, the daughters of the carpet daughters, attendant? Yeah. Yes. Um, so they were basically, I mean, the nobles just got super greedy, kind of neglected the um paying uh respects and offerings to the divine dragon. And now the I think pretty much the wedding thing is pretty symbolic. I just I think it's more symbolic than anything. No one was getting literally married. No one. Technically. Um, I think the last offering to the divine dragon was probably the bride, which was the you know, the bride uh model, which is the Oh little... the, the shrine maiden who's like fused yeah, into the, the wall. Yes. Okay. Uh Yorshka two point yes. Okay. Okay, so to recap, in Bloodborne, if you're the queen of the Thumerians, you put on a wedding dress, you symbolically marry a space monster, and then you get pregnant, right? <laughs> yes. In Sekiro, you go to Mibu Village, a giant rope man lifts you up, you go, you fuse into a wall, you marry a dragon. It's kind of the same thing. Essentially. Well, the funny part it's, is, okay. is that at one, like, the nobles are obviously trying, you know, it's wild because it's like, how the fuck do you get into the, the mist woods? When you have to like jump through a thousand hoops to get there, like Literally. it makes it makes it makes no sense that they they have like this many precautions to make sure that no one no one comes in and like steals the immortality juice. It makes no sense. Like, of course you're like overpowered and immortal, so like I get it, but at the same time, I just don't understand how like. They create a mist wall, and also uh, there is uh, a bunch of Okami descendants guarding the the poison swamp. Also, you have to throw yourself down an entire whole entire pit. Like, there's so many hoops you got to jump through to fucking get there, and they're just—I guess—they just really don't want their fucking immortality juice to be fucked with. I guess I don't know. They're, uh, but no one like no one actually gets married. Technically. Technically, you get married. Wolf is getting married. That's the only person who gets married. To Genichiro? No. (laughs) No. Don't fucking speak that name in in this household. You don't get to say that. No, don't you fucking say that name in this household. This is worse than the blood tendency guy. Like, I just don't want to talk... I don't want to talk about Genichiro. God. Jesus. Don't talk to to me about this man. They don't get married. No. <laughs> so okay, Wolf is technically the one getting. Shut the fuck up, Richie. <laughs> I hate you so much. Okay, Wolf is the only one. You're the only one getting married in that game. No, you are not marrying the rope man. You're just kind of being sent up. <laughs> I mean, I wish Who that the rope I would love to marry the rope man. He seems like a he's got a good stable job. He's got like a, a like 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 a pillar in his crotch elevation. I don't know how that would work. <laughs> that rope. Yeah. Yeah, the rope boy. He um you know, he's got some talismans on him that just kind of make him animate, you know, yeah. like an animate object. Uh I mean, can I talk about an idiot, please? Is right. this I'm this here. No, Michaela. <laughs> no, <laughs> bitch. I'll kill you. Stop. <laughs> okay. So it's pretty interesting how um, Genichiro is an idiot. 
uh, and just doesn't think things through ever, which is totally relatable. And I like that's why he's the best character in the game. It's because I also don't think things through and uh, only regret it thereafter. There we go. That's me talking about Genshin. <laughs> that's all you're going to get me to say on that man. Uh, besides the fact that I would literally grind, like you could literally grind meat on those ads, and that's about it. <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you for explaining how marriages do and don't work in Sekiro. <laughs> did, okay, did, is it symbolic that Genichiro like totally cut off Wolf's arm, and therefore, like the like half of the Genichiro fandom is just like, oh, they're married now. It's like, damn, bitch, I wish fucking my girlfriend would come over here and chop my arm off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, it's a new this, commitment symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, chop off your left arm to show the fact that you're not turning Shura. Maybe, maybe. Does that That's... mean Ishin and the sculptor are married? That'd be so cute. Oh, bitch! I like that. Stop. <laughs> Come on. Like it used to I be too... you hauling, and now it's like amputation. <laughs> oh my god. It used to be. It used to be gen. It used to be uh, gender reveal parties, but now it's just like amputation. There's going to be a lot cut out of this episode, but That's it's all fine. Bold. It's fine. I mean, yeah. we ain't cutting nothing out, Richie. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working like double time at work. Works, you think I'm going to have time to edit this? Then works her ass off to make sure that the people are provided the most high quality of shit post content, okay? <laughs> it doesn't have to edit shit, okay? It's like, look, we had a good podcast. Now we have a better podcast. Yeah, so exactly. There's, there's I, no came on, I came on and all of a sudden your Patreon, subs- your Patreon is full now. Everyone, <laughs> everyone is like pouring into the Patreon. <laughs> You get like double the amount of patrons, and all of them are just named like Wolf's Left Arm. <laughs> Wolf's Left Arm has left the chat. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. All right. More questions from Discord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Question from Discord, Ariana. The Red Drifter asks, if Ariana is royalty, how did she end up escaping the massacre at Kanehurst and become an insignificant prostitute of sorts in Yarnum? I would have figured the church would have had at least some interest in her. So first of all, yeah. she's a significant prostitute. And yeah. second of all, I think there could have been a number of things. I think that it's possible that her family could have smuggled her out ahead of time. Um, Obviously the attack was a surprise or they could have had, I mean, realistically old castles would have had some sort of uh, secret passageways and such and ways for royalty to escape. So it's possible that they could have escaped during, or they could have seen it coming a little bit early and then fled something like that. I think it would be either be Uh, ahead of time. Like they emigrated over to Yarnum and then the massacre happened after, or they escaped in the nick of time. Yeah. Cause if you assume that like the bridge to Kanehurst was intact, then like they could have come and gone through Hemwick. And I I think she is supposed to be the baby in the portrait. So she would have just been like smuggled out as an infant, I guess. And then a lot of the times when nobility escapes, they really do become just normal citizens in a way, trying to 
scrape through life as best they can. With Ariana, she is still fairly well off because she does live in Cathedral Ward. And that is some a more, a, not aristocratic, but a little bit higher class than just standard homing in Yarnum, since it's so yeah. well closed off on the night of the hunt. So that's why I think that she's sort of like the high class prostitute. Like she's the one they all go to and she probably makes good money, even if she is disrespected by both herself and the townspeople. I was actually just thinking of something that um, a friend of ours called Mai, who people might know, was talking to me about, about how, like, a, there's a, it's really, like, it's a thing in Japan where people will claim that they are descended from, like, a famous samurai who had to go into hiding as a peasant. So they'll say that, like, oh, yeah, my, like, great-great-great-grandfather, however many generations back, was actually this, like, super important samurai, and then... He had to go into hiding as a peasant because of some war. So it might be riffing on like a similar idea that like I'm descended from someone extremely important, even though I don't necessarily appear to be. Mm -hmm. I think in her yeah. case, it's kind of obvious because she wears mm -hmm. the noble dress and she has she's able to bear the child of Odin. So the indications yeah. are there. And as I mentioned in the earlier podcast, I think the noble dress is more for us as the player than it is for yeah. her. Yeah, because I imagine, like, the people of Yarnum wouldn't necessarily recognize where it came from. They would just think it was a nice dress. Exactly, and she would use it yeah. to get Johns. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, uh, Philomena asks, if the game had more kings instead of queens, do you think it would be the school of something else? Yes. I don't get it, is this a joke? The school of what now? School of Mensis. Oh! Yeah. Yeah. Wow, it's the School of Testes! Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a better answer than that. It's so perfect. Thank you for explaining it to us. Yes. I'm so glad. Perfection. So wow. glad I could contribute to this podcast. <laughs> You've added value. You've done much more than I have. I know. Okay, but would it be called, like, okay, because that's, I mean... Probably not, right? Because, like, when you think about... Wait, if it had more kings, it probably still wouldn't be called that, because isn't, like, childbirth super important? And, yeah, like, that's presumably is... why we never see Fumerian kings. Because, the, the, yeah. like, the king symbolically would be the, the great one that she's married, but it wouldn't be an actual, like, person who was walking around. That's why we were talking about Sekiro and, like, the divine dragon. <laughs> The school of Big Schwangus. <laughs> school of Big Moon Energy. Yeah. Yes! Oh my god! I would join that bitch! Damn! <laughs> what? The, the school of Moon Moon. <laughs> Alright. Pyros Phomaticrat Richard asks... Annalise looks pretty Thumerian, but Ariana looks mostly human. Does it mean that Annalise's husband was a normal human, or is Ariana not her daughter, but the daughter of another related bloodline? I think we kind of, like, covered this, because when, when you look at the portraits in Kanehurst, they start off looking really Thumerian, and then over time they look gradually more human. Yeah, like I just the, think the that over portraits, time they yeah. just they had relations with just normal people, and then the blood diluted, just just yeah. like you would think in in any case. Yeah, yeah, the blood just gets sort of thinned out basically over time, and they look more and more human. But she still got it in her. 
this reminds me of like the actual legend of, legend of uh, Atlantis, which is Go basically on. like you know. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's basically it's basically just like you know Poseidon married a human woman, and they eventually had you know they they founded the island of Atlantis, and they, um, you know they the they had the twelve I think it was twelve kings, and they all they all reproduced, and as they went down the line, um, their the human blood started to kind of dilute the god blood, and then they mm-hmm. kind of uh, really acquired more human tastes and human wants and desires. So, um, you know, they tried to go to war with Athens. Athens kind of went and then told them, you know, and then they uh, got, I mean, because I'm pretty sure this part of um, Plato's story was like eliminated, like it didn't happen. Right. Or just like it, like it either hasn't been found or doesn't exist, but it's basically implied that like Zeus saw what was going on and Poseidon caused a massive earthquake for the um and Atlantis sank into the sea because they were being a bunch of dicks and like we want that. But, you know, <laughs> but no. Yeah, I think a lot of um king and queen origin stories are like that. They're like, well, I'm a descendant yeah. of a god, and then eventually it's just you know you're you're marrying humans, so. Eventually, it becomes insignificant if that were even ever true. Yeah. We should also point out that, like, as far as, like, we can tell everyone in Yarnum is also descended from the Thumerians. And it's just over time, you sort of, like, the Thumerian traits thin out, that's basically. Why and then that's you... why they're all fucking tall. That's that's why they're all so tall and shit. Gascoigne, look at you. <laughs> fucking all of them are so tall. It's a little disturbing. <laughs> German. German. Looking at you, you tall little <laughs> bean pole. All right. All right. <laughs> right. Okay. All right. Sorry. Sorry. He's okay, tall. Can... Okay. Listen, he's tall. He, they're all tall. Yeah. Genichiro also very tall. <laughs> I can't believe I'm not the corrupting force on the podcast right now. <laughs> Incredible! Listen, you saw like when when I got to that remnant and I just sent you that screenshot. <laughs> Please, also, Wolf is so small. Wolf is just malnourished, and I'm pretty sure Genichiro was for half of his life as well, which means that he probably could have been even taller. Look at Ishii. Owl, owl is like the size of Totoro. Look at Yobu. <laughs> He's Nobu. big and full of protein. Nobu is Totoro. <laughs> like how many horses did he go through before they found one that could hold him? Fountainhead sippies. It's can I go into can I go into horse lore <laughs> with you? Can I go into horse? I lore? think we'll bring you back for a separate Sekiro one. Horses in Japan were super short around that time, by the way. So it's completely improbable. It's completely improbable that would happen. Okay, Okay, let's go on to the next question so I can shut up now. Okay. Ryusu is basically asking, like, about Ariana's job, because, like, Ariana talks as though, like, she's, she sometimes talks like she's actually having sex with clients, but then other times it's kind of like she's just giving blood, and that's how her job kind of works in Yarnum, that you're just going there to, like, get, like, some sort of, like, sexual pleasure from exchanging the blood. I think it's a little of both, to be honest. It's like a spa yeah, yeah. that offers facials and massages. 
Yeah, that uh, that sort of makes sense. Different I guess. kinds yeah. of facial, more than one kind of facial, of course. I know exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of facial are you talking about? The ones that are good for your skin, Sin. It's good for your skin. It's very, very high in vitamin D. <laughs> okay. Okay. Lukulu, I added your question to the angelic outline, but Richie heartlessly skipped it. <gasps> How oh, dare. okay, I found it. I found it. Okay, I'm very sorry, Luke. I thought you skipped it because you were like, no, can't talk about marriage again. Can't talk about marriage <laughs> No, no, I actually skipped it because I saw the, the length of the document and then I realized the questions are just the first, like, two pages. Yes. I would never skip your questions, Lukulu. <laughs> Lukulu asks, why does Annalise reject all our marriage proposals? I mean, we seem like great guys and girls. She doesn't want to be tied down. She's above that. That's true. Also, she says, um, when you offer marriage to her, she says um, that she would not get married again. Like, And then she says such a thing would like lead to further ruin. So mm. for one reason or another, I don't know how or if this even relates. So maybe even just having a consort um, possibly led her to to having a, a disaster or maybe tied her down in a way or kept her in that same spot. So yeah, although I will I propose think, to yeah. her again and again, it's not yes. going to happen, sadly. Yeah. Constantly. Yeah. I think it's like, um... It's like that whole confusing thing about, like, who is a Kanehurst vile blood and who is just from Kanehurst. So it seems like she might be okay with, like, other people repopulating Kanehurst, but she doesn't want to risk, like, her blood sort of, like, mingling, but then at the same time, it's like she gives us her blood anyway. It's a remnant of, like, this quest doesn't make a whole- because she, she makes this whole deal about, like, this room is not made for one alone, please come back, and then you're like, can we get married? She's like, no, I don't want anyone to consort with me, so. Look, it's just gonna take more time than we have in the game. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to take Queen her Annalise. to like Orange Julia's and Queen then a nice Italian dating restaurant. Simulator. Queen Annalise dating simulator. <laughs> oh my god, I oh would so god. play that. Like Dream yep. Queens. Or you can pick which queen you want and then yeah. date whichever one. <laughs> Doom Kitty 3000 asks, what is our favorite headcanon for each queen? I just want all of them to be happy. Same. Oh. Like, it makes me sad. Like, all of their stories are incredibly tragic. Like, I've gone yeah. through multiple playthroughs, like, trying to find any single way, even though I know it, there was no way to, like, to help Ariana and, like, let yeah. her survive through the whole experience. And she really doesn't. There's no possible yeah. way. And then Annalise, despite everything, even though you can give a big old middle finger to Alfred by um, by restoring her after she gets murdered as if nothing happens, she's still imprisoned. Like, she's still kind of stuck there. You can't really help her. And then Queen Yarnum, obviously everything had already happened far, far in the past. The, the best thing, though, is that even in the game, you do give her closure, which I think is the best. But yeah, I think that yeah, that's, yeah. In terms of all of them, I just want like, like Ariana to become a famous madam, and she owns like the brothel. She has the cooks making the Putinesca, and you got the good old sense wafting through the streets of Yarnum instead of you know just pestilence. And then they go in. She has a it has a thriving business. The end. Bye. <laughs> I I just want Annalise to marry my girl. I'll be like, look, no babies. I'll be fine. Nothing can go wrong. Exactly. So we can just go chill. 
I want each queen to be unbothered, moisturized, happy, in their lane, focused, and flourishing. So true. No. I just want each queen to be a guest judge in RuPaul's Drag Race. Well, that was the final episode of Queens of Bloodborne with Michaela, who we've had for the previous three, and also special guest Kyan and special unplanned guest Mimi. <laughs> So if we just run down who our guests were, uh, Michaela, where can people find you? So you can find me on my very cursed Twitter, which is twitter.com slash Michaela, M-I-C-H-E-L-A, D like David, London. Or um, better choice, you can go to my YouTube. I have videos that that um, that, that have lore, um, just like the lore of... Um, uh, I'm like blanking, but yeah, I have lore for Ibriatus. I have lore for the the way that the nightmares in Bloodborne work. I have Maria, a fashion video, and one on Ariana, which is the newest one, even though it's not so new anymore, as well as game reviews and also the Bloodborne comic reviews. That's under youtube.com slash just my first name, Michaela, M-I-C-H-E-L-A. Kyan, where can people find you? Also find me on my extremely cursed Twitter at uh, Kainasaki, uh, K-A-Y-I-N-N-A-S-A-K-I on Twitter. Uh, that's about it, really. And um, do you want to like plug like Brave Earth? How's that going? Uh, yeah, you can look at my game Brave Earth. It'll come out eventually, probably surprisingly soon. I probably should put, plug it, but I always feel like I'm making promises I'm not delivering. So. <laughs> and uh, Mimi, where can people find you? And find me on my incredibly um, blurst Twitter, uh, lyrical, lyrical underscore Mimi. Uh, and they can also find me on my Sekido podcast, uh, at Sekido podcast on Twitter, where I just literally do not shut up about uh, Sekiro with uh, special guests, so find me there. Yeah, you, you're, it's basically like um, Jeremy did with Don't Give Up Skeleton, but with Sekiro. It might shift soon. I might just do, like, full-on full on horror videos, and maybe a review of Sekiro. Okay, cool. Soon, where can people find you? Well... According to Vati, you can find me right here on youtube.com slash Where can we find Vati? According to me, you can find Vati right here, youtube.com slash After seeing Genichiro's abs, you probably have a lot of questions. 